0: In the doorway of my father's house, I'm home. Wow. In his presence, we are free. Ties very much um, into the message for today, starting a new series uh, titled The Bride of Christ. We're going to find ourselves this morning in Acts chapter 2, so if you want to turn there, as I was preparing um, this message and in this series, I just started to, to think about um, church. And, and when we think of church, what comes to mind? D- depending on who you're asking, uh, uh, many different things come to mind. Uh, for, for some, uh, it is uh, the place that they go to on Sundays and, and believe that uh, their obligation to God is satisfied. Um, to, to some, it, it is the place that they choose to be every opportunity that they get because they recognize it's a, it's a place that heals. Uh, it, it is a place to be in community. It's a place to, to grow and, and to learn. It's to, a place to be around brothers and sisters in Christ. And often I think about, wow, what if, what if the church didn't exist? What if we, we did not have a place to come to together to um, celebrate the Lord in community to benefit from all the different gifts that different people bring to the body? We know the story in in Acts chapter 8 where uh, Philip is transported um, to uh, the desert where uh, Ethiopian eunuch is on his way home. Uh, He was in Jerusalem uh, celebrating the Lord and, and now he's on his way home and he's sitting in his chariot and he's reading Isaiah. And, and Philip uh, winds up there and, and says to him, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, I don't understand unless someone explains it to me. And, and it just helps us to know how important it is for us to be in the body, Uh, how important the local gathering is and what that means. And during COVID and and this season that we went through, we were forced not to be in community. Thank God um, for technology, uh, but that does not take the place of being in the midst of each other and celebrating the Lord together. It satisfied certain things, and through God's grace and mercy, we were able to still be fed in certain ways, but it certainly isn't church. Church is so important. So uh, today we're going to start this series and, and pray that you uh, develop a perspective about church and the importance it is for each and every believer Imagine even going back to to the story with that eunuch. After that was explained to him, he was able to go and celebrate that with a group of people that needed Jesus just like we all do. He was baptized, he was filled with the Spirit, and he went about his way. And I'm sure God used him in a mighty way. That is the same for each and every one of us. So again, we're in Acts chapter 2. I'll be reading out of the ESV this morning, and I ask that you would stand for the reading of God's word. We're going to start in verse 36 and read down to verse 47. The word of the Lord reads this way. Let all the household of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his words were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We thank you, Lord. We thank you because as we read this account, we see your formation of the church, Lord. And we see the activities in the church, Lord. And what you have called us to do, we can pull principles out of this for how we are to move forward in the church, your church, the church that Christ is head of in the church that we can call ourselves members of the body, those that you set free, those that you've turned around, those that you've drawn to yourself, Lord. And now you call us saints, your children. We are the church. We ask this day, Lord, that you would give us the nourishment that we need, Lord, that we would come out of here different than we came in, that we would have a new perspective on your bride that you shed your blood for, that you are head over, that you are protecting, that you are using, Lord. We put these things in your care, thanking you in advance, knowing that you will give us what we need for this day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So as we read this account, we see that this was the birth of the church. And this being the birth of the church, the church also has a message. And the message of the church is the cross. It tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Not only does the church have a message, but the church has a mission. And the mission of the church was stated by Jesus in Matthew 28, starting in verse 19, Therefore, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The church was born. It has a message. It has a mission. And the church has people. We are the people of the church. And we thank God for being people of the church. Because 1 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 9, says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkard, nor the revilers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. So, so, so who's the church? Those people, us people, and who we used to be now are the church, and it says, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. That's the church, the rejects, the world, the people that messed up, bad. And he gave us a birth, he gave us a message, he gave us a mission, and we are his people. The, the church defined is, is God's assembly, its beginning and its history, and the glorious destiny all rests on the initiative and the power of divine grace. In other words, God has the church covered. It is a people called forth by God and incorporated into Christ and has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That is what the church is. The word. Uh, is called curios is one of the words used, and it. it says that we belong to the Lord. Or another way that it's put is it, it's God's house. And, and it is not God's house, meaning a building. This was a gym. We still got the markings on the floor. This is where people worked out their bodies. But now God is doing a work in the spirit. So this becomes the church, not because of we changed the name of it, but the people who gather here. We are the church. Another word for the church is ekklesia, to call out. The church are the called out, the ones that were separated by God from the world, those that he called to himself and gave them, This message gave them this mission and is using them for his glory. So here in the text it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings." One of the main functions of the church is to teach and to preach the word of God. To be devoted is steadfast and single-minded fidelity. To a certain course of action. So they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. That body of material considered authoritative because it was from, it was about the message of Jesus, his earthly ministry, the passion, the resurrection, and what it means for man to be redeemed. The Christian tradition that would be passed on by others. Just think about that for a minute. The apostles' teaching, meaning those that walk with Jesus that were able to tell others in the next generation, this is who Jesus is. This is what I've watched him do. This is what I heard him say. I was there. I was a part of it. And I'm telling you that he's changed my life. Right before this, we have Peter who boldly proclaims who Jesus is in front of all, and that's where we came to the part where when he finished, they were cut to the heart by what he had said. These are the ones that God used in the early church. And to verify that they were who they said they were, he used them in miraculous ways to do all kind of miracles. Wow, this is the early church. And in that tradition, as those people heard, this is who Jesus is. This is what he did. And the reason why is for man's redemption. Those apostles died and went to be with the Lord. And then the disciples of those apostles who were trained and heard and read what the apostles said, said, I walked with Peter that walked with Jesus. And he told me and he wrote here. And this is what they did. I've witnessed them doing miracles in the church. And the the, the disciple of the disciple that was an apostle of Peter or John or Philip went along with that story all the way till we come to the place of the church today. Following the apostles' teaching. The word of God is so, so Essential. Second Timothy 4, starting at verse 1, says, Where Peter, where, where Paul is speaking to Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Reprove, meaning when you are presenting this, show the evidence. Rebuke, meaning those that come with false teaching, correct them. Exalt, meaning encourage those to walk in the faith with complete patience and teaching. That's what this young preacher was called to do. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 14, says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from a child you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through the faith in Jesus Christ. All Scripture is God." Breathe,d out all scriptures God breathed and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training and righteousness that the God the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work it is through the word of God that we are complete and equipped to go out and speak the message and do the mission. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. This is why we come to church, because there is a wrong way to handle the word of truth. We, We learn to handle the word of truth rightly when... We hear and are taught and are trained in what the Bible says in its proper context. A lot of people say a lot of things. There are people that get way more excited than I am when they're up on the stage and they may look good and sound good. Listen to what they're saying, go back to the scriptures. Is that what this says in its context? Is that in other places in the Bible where I can look at and say, yes, this is handling the word of truth properly? Your soul relies on that. The health of your soul relies on that. We are to handle the word of truth properly. So all of this shows us right from the beginning, they... Followed the apostles' teaching. There is great value in the word of God. And then the text goes on to say they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. There was something very distinct about the early church when they gathered as believers. A lot of people gather for a lot of things. Right, people are gathering right now on Sunday morning in some stadium somewhere, 40,000 strong, with no shirt on and face paint and yelling and screaming and jumping up and down for a team. They gathered. It it, it was distinct what they went there for. They're wearing their colors. But when the early church gathered, they were a marked group of people Where there were still Jewish people meeting in the synagogue, not accepting Jesus as Savior. There were other groups of people there, there were people meeting for business and all kinds of things. But when they gathered, there was something distinct about them to the degree that they got a new name. They were called Christians. Being called Christian, they didn't give themselves that name. Secular people saw them and gave them that name in Antioch. This is who they are. It is evident in their life that they follow that guy they call Jesus the Christ. It cannot be said of us. Fellowship is so important. The redemptive activity of God calls men not only to be reciprocal and love to him, but for us to have love for one another. In, in, in other words, God saved us, and he first loved us, and we love him, and we claim to love him. Well, it looks like something in how we treat one another. 1 John 4 says, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. His love is perfected in us when we show love for one another. And that doesn't mean you treat me good, I treat you good, we're in love, or I love you. No, true love is when you're not treating me so good, and I'm fighting every urge in the flesh, to want to display how I'm displeased. But because we love God, because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the capacity to love someone that's not acting lovable, right? That, that, love looks a little bit more like that. A- anybody can reciprocate back and forth. The value of fellowship Is so important. That's why we say, let's meet in the lodge. Let's hang out together. Let's get to know one another. Because organic relationships develop that way. If if you just come to church and leave and not develop relationships with others in the body, in a sense, you're still a lone soldier. You're walking things out alone. We need one another. We can see by the text they came together daily. They broke bread together. They spent time together. These things are essential for the Christian life. That's why we have the lodge in between services and we fellowship together. That's why we have men's ministry and women's ministry and Caleb's ministry and youth, and in each one of those things, it's not we're going to break these things up for you to have some special club. It's all surrounded around the word of God. But we fellowship with one another, so when I need a shoulder to lean on, when I need to be prayed for, I just enjoy being in the community of the saints better than I do with other people. We we know what it's like to be in places with other people that we relate to. We, We do our best to find things to like about people. And even people that are not believers, I love many people that aren't believers. But there are certain conversations I won't engage in. There's certain things where I have to be corrective in nature and being a preacher, I have to be careful. Like, make this two sentences, not a sermon. I have people in my family that say, listen, I gave an offering and I was at church on Sunday. Give me a break. People very close to me. So, when we are engaging with the world, There's things to appreciate about anyone, but it is not the same as us coming together as a body of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. The text goes on to say, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Listening and learning to pray. From Jesus, imagine the apostles who asked Jesus teach us to pray. That heard Jesus pray. That Jesus has prayed over them. That Jesus prayed with them. These are the people that the early church is praying with. And then you have Jewish converts that have been long waiting for the Messiah. And the Messiah has come. Imagine what those prayers of gratitude must have been like. This is is the formation of the church. That we would devote ourselves to the apostles' teachings. Devote ourselves to that. We hear all kind of stuff. We hear things uh, that are good and things that are not that good. It's what you're devoted to. Some people listen to more news and talk radio or are online and taking in garbage, and those things come out in everything that they do and say because it changes how they think. What are you devoted to? Even if you think I'm doing this to gather information, it distorts the way that you see the gospel. Be careful. And then it speaks about fellowship. Who you are around matters, is going to influence you. That's good that it's going to influence you. Be around the right people be with the church, be about God's business, and to pray. If you haven't been to a Wednesday night prayer meeting, you're missing out. Now, before I was the pastor and lived eight minutes away, I drove 200 miles a day, and I got up at 4 in the morning. So I was not at Wednesday night prayer. But the best you can, come out especially the middle of the week, it's hard. It is hard, but we have such a beautiful time in prayer. One of the things that Pastor Angelo and I were talking about at the end of prayer meeting this Wednesday is how every time it's different and it's special. God is moving. He's hearing us. We have such a great time in prayer. James 5, starting at verse... He will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. Or the prayer of the righteous availeth much. This is what the early church was based on. And and these are the criteria you need to use with where you go in worship. Is it the word of God? The reason why I read scripture and break it down instead of grabbing this scripture and this scripture and this and this and that, because I can make that say anything that I want. That is not for me to do. We read a text and we break down that text and the best we can, what is God saying here? What was the original author saying to the original audience, which is a different thing, than what it's saying to us, because the Bible does not speak to us in that way. But we need the Bible. When God was speaking to those people at that time. At the same time, all of those things we can look at and recognize. No, no, no. The, God, the Bible is for us. It is our instrument to know who God is. So how do we rightly view those things? Is so important because just a little derailment. I remember one time watching TBN and there was a preacher on there when we started being a lot more sensitive to what was being said. And we had our Bibles open. Figure that. While he was speaking and he made one little turn and took it off into another direction. That's when we had a wake-up call, study to show yourself approved. Not only did they follow the apostles' teachings, not only did they gather in fellowship, not only did they pray, but they met together in the temple. They they had a specific place that they would go to to meet together. We have to be so careful not to think, I can do church any way I want. I could go over here sometimes. I could go over there. I could get this message. I could get that message. Take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I'm going to come here because, you know, I like when they have women's meeting, but I don't really like Pastor Reggie and his preacher, so I'm going to go over there for that. Be careful. Be, be careful. Listen, I'm not trying to hold you here. Go over there if you want to go over there but be where you are because it matters. Hebrews 10, starting at 20, verse 23 said, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It is so important for us to be in community and support one another, particularly because the day is drawing near. We need to encourage one another. We need to stir up the gifts in each other. We need to work side by side. And then it started speaking about they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. A church is always supposed to be about the business of giving. If we are going to talk about it, we have to be about it. It has to look like something. It's one thing, for it to look like something amongst us, brothers and sisters, as we love on one another. But we have to love the loss. We we have to reach out to the community. We we have to uh, give and we need to provide needs for people so that they can see in a tangible way that we love them. Whether that's a cup of water or a piece of bread. Whether that's engaging in a relationship with someone and walking with them side by side, how else are they gonna see the God in you if they don't know you? This is what we're called to do, saints. We gotta ask ourselves, why do we come to church? We come to church because we love Him and we desire to know Him. We come to church to be in community because we are God's children. There are times we've tried to do it on our own. I'm just going to read the Bible. I'm going to listen to a sermon. I'm going to choose not to come into the house of the Lord. It never works. We always drift. The battle for our heart is too great. Our affections moving in different directions never stops. My heart will be controlled by something. It's either gonna be controlled by the love of God or something else. We lay God aside for other things very quickly. Relationships, and cravings, and material things, and physical experiences. And we slowly drift again when we separate ourselves from the body. There's one antidote. One, stay close. Stay in community. You have to, I have to keep being reminded because we forget often that we're in Christ. We forget often. How do we know we forget? Because we forget the benefits of what it is to be a child of God. We let situations uh, make us fearful and shake us because we're not in community strengthening each other, being prayed for, being prayed over, praying with. We, we forget because we recognize it when we try in our limited capacity in the economy that we have to solve our own problems, forgetting that we have a father who has cattle on a thousand hills. We, we forget when, when we get fearful from all of these things that come into our lives that we have one that watches over us when we sleep because he never sleeps nor slumbers. We forget that we have access to the all-wise God and we try to figure it out on our own. We forget when we settle for other things as a quick fix things that never satisfy, things that leave us empty, things that make us feel worse in the end. Forgetting that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. You can come up, worship team. And we go through this cycle again and again and again. But at some point, we have to come to the place where we realize keep going around this cycle. No, I need the body, even though some people feel like a thorn in my side there. Guess what? God placed those things there for you to grow and for you to learn, and don't get it twisted. You're annoying to someone else in here too. (laughs) Not you, brother. All of these things God uses, we forget far too often. We don't want to go through these cycles. We want to come to the place where we say, bottom line, I have to be there. I cannot go it alone. I I, I cannot even think that I could just serve God my own way. I need to hear preaching that challenges me. Do you know how many people come and say, "I'm leaving because this, this isn't it." Well, tell me what part wasn't in Imagine, instead of allowing the word to penetrate, consider, read it and read it again, and say, "God, are you speaking to me?" You'd rather go someplace else that's going to slow pitch you. Life coming at you with. Hard balls to the head, 100 miles an hour. We need more than that. The part about this text that I like was the end, where it said, everyone, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, broke bread from house to house, they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, every day the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. Hallelujah. Amen. As the text started out, Peter was speaking about Christ crucified. And they were cut to their hearts. And they asked the question, what shall we do? And he said, repent. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The church is to make disciples, but the church doors or open for the world to come in and whatever condition they're in and hear the words of life that frees them, like that song that we sang. We're going to ask Heather to sing that song again. Because when I got up and said, sing and recognize the freedom that we have and where we stand. Some people might have said, I don't feel free. Maybe they're in the grips of sin and hell is dragging them down. Maybe they have a situation in their life where they say, I'm in bondage in my mind. I keep going through this cycle again and again Maybe it's sexual sin. Maybe it's some kind of drug. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's depression. We're going to have a time at the altar for those that are celebrating, I'm free. And for those that are saying, God, free me. For the believer, He snatched your soul from going to hell and brought you and held you close. These other things that you need freedom from, know that he provides it. For the one that needs to come and repent and lay it down and say, these words cut to my heart. I need this Jesus. Come. Because he's there with open arms, speaking to you to lay it down. We need to be saved from this crooked generation, from the wrath of God. But the one who was offended also offers the free gift that that offense could be taken away because he laid it on his son. Let's stand, family. I'm going to ask the leadership to come up. Form a line in the middle. We'll ask the ushers to come. If you need to be prayed for, whether you need freedom, whether you need salvation, whether you want just to be prayed for because you are celebrating I'm free, Please come to the middle aisle while this song is sung, and then we'll pray together, family.